What's going on, y'all? Welcome to When the Hunt Calls. I am your host, Cliff Cadet, and let's get right to it. Now, it's no secret that I listen to um, podcasts. Um, you know, prior to wanting to hunt, I had never listened to a podcast before, but um, once I made the decision to do so to, you know, take part in this uh, sport, um, I started reaching out to people, you know, via social media, via email, um, and learn from them. And then podcasts became, um, you know, a big part of, uh, my learning. Um, I listened to a select few, maybe probably five or six podcasts that I listen to on the regular um and I credit those podcasts for furthering my hunting education if you will now um one of those podcasts in particular um again that I listen to on the reg is the working class bowhunter podcast uh last week or last episode I got the opportunity to interview one of the co-hosts uh Steve Steve Muller um steve is somebody i bonded with um via social media um over hip-hop as well as hunting um and this week i get the opportunity to interview another one of uh the co-hosts of the show of working class boy in a podcast and that is kurt geyer um now i should add that in the education that i've received from the podcast that i listened to I've learned a lot by ways of terminology and and sort of like kind of who who else to listen to or what to read or other people I should kind of look up within the hunting community within the hunting industry um and that is something I credit um I give credit to working class bow hunters um because a lot of the people I kind of follow now and kind of look up um, or kind of do research on or watch some of their content with the, whether it's via YouTube or their own website. Um, I got a lot of that from these guys at Working Class Bowhunters. So um, this particular episode, I uh, linked up with Kurt and kind of went over a little bit of a who's who, um, you know, people that, you know, he he believes that a first time hunter um should kind of look into so you know what let's get this started like i said before sit back relax and enjoy this conversation with kurt all right ladies and gents i have on the line with me the incomparable kurt geyer um welcome man i really appreciate you um taking the time out to speak with me brother yeah man of course i appreciate you having me on man it means a lot Nah, same here, same here, because um, I've been a huge fan of, of you and your podcast for um, a while now, almost going on a year, and um, I've got to say congrats, because I believe you just hit the five-year mark not too long ago, right? Yeah, man, yeah, first of all, thank you for that, that means a ton, like, I don't, I still don't understand why people listen, but I do appreciate it, <laughs> but yeah, we've, uh, a little over five years now, it was five years, uh, the beginning of March. Nice, congrats congrats because it's i i've gotta i've gotta say um while i'm having fun you know recording my podcasts it's difficult you know being consistent and trying to put and you know and getting content out there once a week i can only imagine what it was what it's been like for you putting out five years worth of content bro yeah man honestly like consistency is like the biggest killer of anything um media 
or just any anything really commitment related while working while trying to learn how to hunt and hustle and just daily life stuff you know it the first few years of the podcast i traveled almost not i wouldn't say full time 40 percent of the year i was on the road so we'd have to record i think one year when i traveled the most we did 12 podcasts in advance and i launched them every week on the road so it was a it was a grind for a while wow wow that's that's dope you know i i respect your hustle i respect your your grind because it's what i what i like is that um you guys say on the podcast all the time that you guys are hunters first you know more than anything else and the podcast is what you do you know on the side so that's pretty cool can i ask um like how how did you get into hunting? Is this something that you you grew up with? Like it's a family a family thing, or is it something you got into later on in life? Um, it, it's yeah, it's a family thing. You know, like my uncles and stuff always hunted. My dad did a lot of small game hunting when he was younger. He grew up pretty poor, and he did a lot of like rabbit hunting and pheasant hunting when he was a kid, really to feed himself. And he kind of had like a I don't really want to say a rough upbringing, but rougher than most. You know, definitely rougher than I had it. Um. I remember him mm. telling me stories that he used to kill rabbits and um, take them to this old man, this neighbor that he had, and he'd feed, like, take care of his, this old man that lived in his neighborhood off rabbits he would shoot. And and then he kind of fell out of it as he got a little older, you know, when I was born. And then when I was probably eight or nine, we were at my uncle's place, and he took his nephew on the other side of the family out hunting, and they had shot a small buck that morning, which was um, that kid's first first buck ever. And he brought it back to the house. And I remember my dad looking at it and be like, man, we should get, I should get back into hunting. We should get into deer hunting. And I, I think I was eight, probably eight or nine then. And then took my hunter safety course. And I think my first season I was 10 or 11. Um, and sh- firearm hunted, shotgun hunt in Illinois for three seasons. And then started bow hunting and really just never looked back from there. So uh, I was thinking about it the other day. I think I've been, it's weird to say I'm 29 and I've been hunting for 18 years. Oh wow! I didn't I didn't realize. Um, you know what? What's funny is as as I learn more and more about you know different people within the hunting community within the hunting industry, I never pay attention to anyone's age. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like I'm I'm an old man compared to you. I'll be 44. You know, in the middle in in uh, July. But I'm like I'm truly humbled by what you guys do, and you know what I'm saying. And the the amount of knowledge you guys share, you know, whether it's through your podcast or you know through Facebook, whatever it is. So, yo, man, yeah. props to you. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. And first of all, you don't look your age. I'll say, um, <laughs> but that that's one thing I have noticed with hunting because I've it's kind of I just dive so deep into hunting, and I think it was just really, I mean, not no pun intended, but it was kind of like my calling, you know, and. Mm-hmm. And I just never looked back. I was so into it, so young, so heavily that I think I surprised a lot of older people. But because of that, there was no one my age that was into it like I was when I was growing up. So a lot of my friends are, I mean, 10, 12 years older than me. And because those are guys that have hunting experiences and that were into it. So those are people I would look to for advice because I couldn't do it anybody around my age. And but now, you know, now it's a little different. You know, I have friends that are a lot younger than me that are really into hunting and, and friends still that are a lot older. But it, it, hunting, for some reason, you, you take the thought of age out of it because everybody has such a it's a, the passion for hunting is a deep rooted passion, unlike anything else. So mm-hmm. you kind of forget about everything else. Agreed. Agreed. Because like I said, it just I it's funny because I again, I never thought 
of your age whatsoever until you just said that you were 29 and it just surprised me because it it seems to be that when when i'm speaking to anyone about hunting it just the the passion the interest the passion that everyone has for it especially when they're speaking genuinely mm -hmm. it, it tends to transcend you know age race uh any type of background so i sure. i really i really like that yeah. So let let me ask how so you how this passion for hunting and getting heavily into it a transition into the podcast. Um so the podcast we started in I actually basically started like all our social pages and stuff like that in in late 2014 and I think we launched our first podcast or like March 1st 2015. But I, I've always kind of been into podcasts. Like I was into Rogan's show way back, like when he first started it and um, back when really no one knew what a podcast was. And, <laughs> and I was really into like hunting shows. And of course, back then my dream was, yeah, I'm going to have my own hunting show. And I remember sitting in when I was probably 20, 18, 19, 20 in there, like sitting in the living room with my dad, like, man, I, I should just go for it, buy a camera and start traveling and do the whole and just dive head first into it. And I'm glad I didn't do it then, but I had like <laughs> big dreams, you know, and then, uh, just I was getting into podcasts and I was like, man, it'd be cool to start a hunting podcast. And I searched for some hunting podcasts and there was like barely any at all at the time. And the ones that were around, it was kind of hard for me to relate to because it was, and this is kind of funny, we're going back to, it was older dudes, but older dudes that were talking like they're older dudes. And <laughs> it just, I couldn't relate to it. I couldn't get into it. Um, it was very monotone and just, it was hard for me to, to stick, like stick to a show and, and listen through and I was like, man, it'd be kind of cool to have my own podcast. Like, I should just do that. And then it kind of just rolled into, I put some out on Twitter back in the day. And then Stevie Moe, uh, my co-host, he's the goofball of our show. <laughs> um, and he's kind of the green hunter of our group, the new guy. And he had a comedy podcast. And he's like, hey, come on our comedy podcast. See if you like it. And I'd be willing to help you out, which uh, turns out he doesn't know shit about podcasting. So I wanted it all <laughs> on my own anyway. And it just, no matter what he says, they don't know shit about podcasting. Um, except the dude is a great talker, you know, and, um, it just snowballed into like, you know, our, all the different camaraderie between and the dynamic between Steve and I, and then we pulled Eric in and then we, you know, of course we have our extras where we just kind of talk tips and give each other shit like it's hunting camp and have a good time. So it, it was a slow progression. Um, but I think my interest in hunting outdoor media early on is what kind of led my interest into starting the podcast, um, just in general nice nice and that honestly everything you just touched on there especially the the camaraderie between you and your co-host uh, um that's what i gravitated towards um when i first came across your podcast because honestly before before deciding to hunt i had which was just early last year i had never listened to a podcast ever oh, not really? at all yeah and then prior to listening to yours I had listened to maybe two different podcasts mm -hmm. and then um, I came across working class bow hunters because I honestly got it confused with another group on Instagram. So I came across you guys totally by accident and I was just like, holy shit, these guys are funny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and you guys reminded me of what like, uh, like me, me and my boys, you know, we're, we're all grown. We have our own families and we've kind of, 
not necessarily drifted apart, but we we live in different boroughs in New York City. So right. it's usually just like one time during the summer we all get together and have like you know gets you know a barbecue and whatnot. And when you uh, your episodes every week sound like what we sound like every time we're around you know a fire pit and just talking. You That's know what I'm saying? And, and so I gravitated towards that so quickly, so easily. And it's just an awesome show, bro. Like, I know I'm fanboying a little bit and whatnot, but it's I really appreciate what you guys are doing and the, the context in which you do it. Yeah, no, dude, I, I really appreciate that. I honestly never get tired of hearing that. It's <laughs> it's one of those things that's, I, I to me, it's crazy that people, like, get that out of it. But I'm glad because that that is the goal. You know, maybe it wasn't the goal at first. Like, we, we never thought anyone would listen. So we were kind of just, at first, it was weird because we felt like we were just talking into space. And, you know, it takes you a minute to find your groove, find where you're at, find your style a little bit. And we, you know, we had different directions we were trying to go in the world. And then we kind of were just like, we're just doing us and just what happens, happens, like let the flow flow. And I love hearing that because it does keep us motivated to do it. And we have guys reach out that have some really shitty jobs, man, some really, really tough jobs. And when we get a message from a guy being like, dude, your guys' show makes me laugh when I'm doing the shittiest of jobs and it just gets me through my day. And that right there means the most to me. It's it's pretty cool that because we're having fun when we do it. You know, it is work, you know, to a point, mm-hmm. getting everyone together, schedules, especially during hunting season when work's busy, when you got a newborn baby, all that shit. But it's all worth it in the end, man. And, and I I never regret it. Never, ever. It shows, brother. And I'll tell you right now, I'm a driver for UPS. And if I could mm-hmm. tell you how many times I've laughed while in front of a customer while delivering a package to them and listening <laughs> to your podcast at the same time, they just look at me like I'm crazy. And I'll be like, and I have to point to the earbuds in my ear, like, no, 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 I'm on the, I'm on the phone. And they'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, because if I try to tell them, hey, yeah, I'm listening to a hunting podcast, they just look at me like, huh? All right. And so yeah, I just, yeah. I just tell them on, the, I lie and I tell them I'm on the phone. But, um, so yeah. funny, man. So intrigued by you. I am, honestly. <laughs> uh, I appreciate Your that. style of person's different, man. Like, I've, I'm not around people. I've, I've never met anyone that lives like true inner, inner city ever. Dude, and, and I've never heard, I've never met. Well, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say I've never met because you're from Illinois, correct? Born and raised? Yeah. Yep. I can't yeah, say that I, I can't say I haven't met anyone from Illinois because, um, uh, I, I, it's funny because I told Steve about this. Um, I used to be a game show host. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to coming, coming from New York city. I used to work for a production company based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And, um, at the start of every, uh, college semester, I, uh, drive out to Grand Rapids, pick up a van and an assistant and I travel and they give me like, like a tour list, a tour, uh, a list of tour dates that I travel for, to, from, various to and from various colleges throughout the united states where student activities committees would hire this production company to put on this trivia game show and give away cash to these college students so i actually um years ago i want to say back in 2003 i made it all the way out to pella iowa and i i did a show at a central college no kidding that's hilarious (laughs) yeah yeah so it's i'm not i'm not totally unfamiliar with um I, what, why did I say? Why am I talking about? You know what? Don't mind me. I'm talking about um, 
what do you call it, Pella, Iowa, but uh, what do you call it, and you're in Illinois, I feel like such an ass right now, because no, I, I just showed how much I don't know about geography. <laughs> well, we're right on, <laughs> but so what's funny about it is I live I'm fairly close to the Mississippi, so, you know, Eric and Doug, the other two hosts of the working class, they live in Iowa. Well, Steve lives, you, just moved to Iowa, so they're right yeah, there. It's, that, right. That's what it was. That's, I was sorry that's what brought it up was because when i was talking about steven he was saying he was uh in iowa so but i've been you know through there you know it's funny because when i first got that job driving through you know all those towns you know what i'm saying just seeing just all that open open land it's like it's kind of a a culture shock for me and it's yeah. kind of like um you were talking about you don't know you know anyone like me coming from a big city and and like wanting to hunt i before you guys i never really heard about um you know food plots and and you know and mineral putting out minerals and stuff like that for deer it, it, it you guys got me so so pumped that my boy's property that um i was hunting last deer season he has six acres i was like uh, i was like what do you think you and your wife would uh uh think about me you know putting out this uh this little uh give me like one acre over here that i could kind of like plant something see what can grow and see what could bring in the deer you know what i'm saying but uh they were like hell no so (laughs) (laughs) they weren't having it that's funny man that's interesting yeah because i mean the closest when i say like big city chicago's three and a half hours from where our studio is where i live and Mm -hmm. I i don't know anybody that actually lives in chicago i know plenty of people from like the suburb areas and surrounding areas. But as far as like inner city, Chicago, like people that don't even have a car and ride a bike everywhere. I don't know anybody like that. Wow. Wow. Well, listen, if you ever, uh, you know, out here in NY, you, you've got a buddy here, show you around, uh, show you, you know, spots to avoid. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I would love to see it one of these days, but I, I just, I mean, who knows? I, I'm so focused on going west that going east isn't really even on my radar. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. And that's and that's one of my goals also with hunting. It's a kind of like every like you said, everybody's always talking about going out west, going out west, or even further north for that matter. And yeah. I'm like, nah, like come come show come show the east coast some love. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. at least at least try it once. You know what I'm saying? I know I know from what I understand the bucks aren't as big. You know what I'm saying? But it's still it's still fun. It's a challenge. Yeah, they're almost like a subspecies of like whitetail out there. And um, but to me, you know, it's Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin, right in our little area right here. I mean, we're hunting the biggest whitetails that exist, you know, in the mm-hmm. wild. So it's for us, for a Midwestern guy that has this where we live right here, like in my backyard. You know, in my backyard, I could see a hundred seventy inch deer jump the fence and eat grass in my backyard wow. and die into my ravine you know that's a possibility i'll never see a 350 inch bull elk or an elk in general hop my fence and then do the same thing so i got to go west to shoot and shoot an elk shoot an antelope shoot a mule deer shoot you know shoot a, a bear uh, north or so that that interest of the unknown of that style of hunting i think is what draws the midwestern uh guys and gals out there to chase big western game it's a it's it's another trick in your hat, another skill you got to learn. And, um, I mean, for me growing up, whitetail hunting, that's, I have a bucket list, you know, there's those items and experiences I want to have. Um, mm-hmm. and honestly, I, I don't really have a big interest in traveling places if I'm not hunting because I want to actually see what's there and see the wildlife. And 
and have a goal in mind that drives me to like explore the country. Um, it's hard for me to just nature hike to nature hike. Like I, I want to be pursuing something when I'm doing it. Nice. I, I hear you. I hear you. I totally get it. All right. So you know what? I want to transition to uh, what I see is the main reason I wanted you on, you know, the podcast today. Um, the thing about uh, your podcast, Working Class Bow Hunters, is um, is that I learned a lot from you guys, not only in regards to hunting tactics and stuff like that, but also kind of like I've been learning about kind of who's who in the industry and the and the community. Um, yeah. Like, for example, you got if it wasn't for you guys, I honestly wouldn't have known who the who the the, the, the Quistos were. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. uh, you know, Cody and Andre and stuff like that, because a, a lot of times social media um, tends to be, which is what I tend to gravitate towards, um, is is hit hard with dudes like Cameron Haynes, um, Steve Vanilla, and the whole, you know, Joe Rogan, group, Joe Rogan, John Dudley, stuff like that. But it's like, what I'd like to ask you is who, if like, if somebody coming into hunting, like myself, um, who would you recommend that outside of those people we just, we just named that they kind of, um, try to find on on youtube maybe look at their videos or find them on social media and take a look at their content or maybe visit their web pages because another another um people you guys uh set of people you guys have introduced me to are the drurys mm -hmm. which yeah. i had i had never heard of before you guys as well you know what i'm saying because like literally when you when you come into this like me it was literally i want to tell you the first six months of me wanting to hunt I was I was consuming all things Ranella, all things Haynes, all things Joe Rogan, all things uh, John Dudley. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And and that's great. But who who are the people that if if you had to put together a list, or we could say top five or ten or whatever is at the top of your list, who would you rec recommend that you know a new hunter look into? Yeah. Okay. So I, I thought about this a little bit. This is I like this topic. So. What I'm going to do, I'll, I'll probably try and break down like what I dove into early on that got me so into, well, I think not maybe the only thing solely, but a big influence on what got me so into hunting early on. Um, and then that, what, what got me into it early on, as far as like the media influence still is relevant today, but there is some new ones and some different styles now, of course, and in an 18 year span. Um, but I will say, you know, Joe Rogan, you know, Everybody knows, I guess you could kind of like air quote those mainstream Joe Rogan influence hunters, you know, like Remy Warren, me, everyone you just named off, um, Dudley, Ranella, Cam Haynes, and they're all good advocates for the sport and all good guys to follow, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But what really got me in early is I watched, and this isn't one person, but it's a video series, and I'm going to explain why I think it's good for a new hunter. And there's going to be people that listen to the show that have experience. that will probably give me an eye roll, but hear me <laughs> out. Um, one Waddell back in the day and still today, he's a great role model. Um, he's a great hunter and one, he's fun to watch. Um, but the monster bucks video series back in the day and even still cranking them out. Now I liked a lot because it showed a ton of different hunters, great hunters all over the country so you're gonna find something that you want there, and it was mm -hmm. a lot of, it was a lot of kills and shot footage, basically 
bam, 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 crammed one after another, one after another, one after another. And I think that's important for a new hunter because you get to see how an animal reacts coming in in different situations and after a certain shot was placed on an animal. Perfect shots and not so good shots. So you get to learn a lot about how a deer is going to move. And they don't always show everything, but in in a general sense, you can learn a lot about how deer are going to move pretty quick through watching a few videos because you might watch 60, 70 successful hunts and two videos. You know what I mean? Um, So I think that is good for that reason. I always encourage Steve to watch that early on. He probably didn't listen to me, but, uh, (laughs) but I did. And then, so, so Waddell, I think this was, can can you spell the, can you spell the name for me? Uh, monster bucks. Oh, it's monster bucks video series. Yep. It's, it's real trees deal. It's been around since like 91 or 92. All right. I have almost every single one of them. That's how big of a nut I am. (laughs) And they do volume one and volume two every year. Um, and they've changed over the years, but back in the day, they had VHS. They did an archery tournament with Waddell, um, David Blanton, and Bill Jordan um, between the hunts. And it was just kind of like a cool camaraderie type thing. And that's where T-Bone, um, Travis T-Bone Turner, Bone Collector, he came into the play through those videos with doing comedy skits with Jeff Foxworthy. And that's where oh, T-Bone's right. always been a really good archer and a really good bow tech. But ever that's where I think he got his claim to fame as you know T-Bone and kind of got his start in what I would consider you know the media of the hunting game. Um, so that's kind of cool. You can see him get his start with doing those little funny skits with Jeff Foxworthy. So it's kind of neat. Um, cool. But then feeding into that, Michael Waddell, you know, then got Real Tree Road Trips, and that was like the first hunting show that showed the camaraderie of hunting camp and how fun it is with your with your boys and the kind of relationships you form with hunting and the outdoor community and and they showed like the adventure of different hunts and not just the kill shot. They show all the stuff in between. And that's really what changed, in my eyes, changed outdoor television to that type of show. That was the first of its kind. Nice. All right. Um Look. I guess I could rattle off oh, a few I'm names. Sorry, but... <laughs> sorry. Right. I thought I lost you for a second. No, so um, now those are shows, and don't mind me because I'm actually writing down everything as as we speak. Um, yeah. uh, so, are there aside from those video series? Are is there any? Uh, are there any people, any specific hunters, um, you may have gravitated towards as well, or that you could recommend also that I look into? Kind of. Um, Kind of yeah. like the the Drury's, um, or kind of like the, the Quistos, um, and yeah. just basically that. How can I put it? I guess maybe just that anyone can relate to. Yeah, I would the say day. there's you know there's a quite a wide span. You know, I think the Juries does a really good series called Thirteen, and they break down the year in phases and talk about weather and like. Um, deer patterns and how deer move through each phase and tactics on how to hunt them and think like where your mindset should be, which I thought was a really great series for a lot of new hunters because you kind of understand like, Oh, you know, it's not, it's not like, Hey, in New York, this is what deer are doing right now from this day to this day. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's vague to a point, but it's mm-hmm. not that far off. Um, I think that series is worth looking into. The Jury family is a great family. I've got to know Mark and and Terry and Matt over the last few years, which has been insane for me because I grew up watching them, you know. And Waddell, I got to 
you know, when Waddell calls you, you kind of shit your pants a little bit when he's your childhood hero. <laughs> um, but I think the juries are awesome. The Primos boys early on were great. Um, Jim Shockey, I was talking to my wife before we started recording. Jim Shockey's a good one too because she is interested in watching his shows. He's an adventure hunter and he shows just different areas and the landscapes and the culture. Um, you know, so he can kind of, you can see what else is out there where hunting can take you. Um, but if you're more whitetail focused, I mean, there's a ton of guys. Bill Winky, the DeQuistos right now are a hot item. Um, you know, the, the hunting public guys are great to watch. I mean, it's really endless right now, but you know, my core is going back to like the real tree boys and the monster bucks videos and the juries and stuff like that. That's what I grew up on. Awesome. I will be definitely looking into them. Um, I don't know if I, I have to find a VCR, but, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> I think actually, and I might be wrong on this. They have real tree three sixty five, which is kind of like a, it's, it's on like Roku and it's kind of like a Netflix, but all real tree videos. I think you can get, all the old monster bucks videos through there. And then Drury has an app called DeerCast, And I believe all of their whole video library is on that app, which is really cool. Uh Oh, all right. See, I'm on vacation next week. So that means I will become, <laughs> I will be coming during the TV and forget Netflix and chill. I will be binge watching uh, uh, a lot of real trees <laughs> content. Yeah. Probably, probably annoy the crap out of my wife and bore the hell out of my kids. But I'll tell them it's it's, it's research, you know. Say yeah, yeah. So it is is research. Yeah, exactly. Man, thank you for that information, brother. So, yeah. um, so uh, I guess one of the things I um I I guess I'd like to ask, so just to kind of start uh, I guess wrapping this up a bit. Uh, what do you guys? What can you know? Uh, me and even my listeners, or even just all of your listeners as well, be looking forward to what does uh, working class have anything in uh, in the works coming up? Yeah, man, I, we got some cool. Like we have a hunt coming up. I go, I leave for Wyoming for a Wyoming mountain bear hunt at the end of this month, and we plan nice. on doing a ton of ton of real time, um, just legitimate hunting camp mountain podcasts um, out of the studio in the thick of it kind of just spilling out like what our mindset is in the middle of hunts, which I think always make great episodes because you know, we'll, we'll do pre-recordings before the trip and we're going to record there on the mountain and then we'll do some recordings when we get back from the trip. So you'll kind of get to listen and sequence from how our mindsets change, like the, the roller coaster of experience and emotion that, that type of hunt can run through a, a Midwestern guy's brain, you know, and really kind of, kind of mess with us a little bit and, and kind of just hear our experience in real time, mm. almost like if you were out there doing it with us. So that's uh, one thing that's coming up hot. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff we're working on, man. Just, we got our bow shoot coming up, uh, June 20th. We're hoping it doesn't get canceled. I'm scared to death of that. No, um, I hear you. So that's, that's the two big things right now on the docket. Um, we got Turkey Palooza this weekend, so we'll be doing. We're filming camp and filming turkey hunts, and we're gonna. I got. I don't want to give it away, but we got something in store that we're gonna try and do um, for turkey camp, and we'll All see. Right. I got me and Chandler, Austin Chandler, one of our good buddies in the show. We're gonna try and pull something off for the show, but we got to see if we can we can swing it. Got it. Got it. Well, you know what? For for those who aren't familiar, um, what exactly is Turkey Palooza? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I just mentioned that like everybody should know. Um, 
Turkey Palooza is something that we all started last year at our buddy Austin Chandler's place. So he's got this ha- like the most beautiful house and upstairs in his loft, he's got like his own personal bar and he's probably got 30 deer heads that'll make you sick because they're so big and <laughs> shed antlers and bears and elk and all the stuff up there. And we, and we pretty much meet together for turkey hunting fifth season in Illinois and we party it up, play some pool. We're going to watch some fights this weekend. And then we go out in the morning and we try and film some turkey hunts and just have a good time. Um, I think we have double, we have, I mean, we have three tags in camp this year, which is significantly less than last year because of the COVID stuff. You know, there's some mm. people that aren't going to make it. Um, but we got, we're going to try and get a bunch of different camera angles and stuff. Cause we have too many camera guys actually this year. So, and I'm one of the guys with a tag, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Nice. Good luck to so, you, brother. Good luck. Thanks, man. But it's kind of become just turkey palooza is what we call it. It's just our turkey party um, that we get everybody together for. Got it. Got it. Oh, you know what I forgot to bring up? Here, mm-hmm. Here's the deal. Yeah. Um. If you don't know already, I'm a huge hip-hop fan, a hip-hop head. And that soundtrack you guys put out with, um, what's his name, Chip City? Yeah, Chip City. Um, He's from New York. He's from New York. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's, I couldn't tell you where he's at. From he's originally from New York. I think he's living. At, he's back in New York right now. He travels a ton, but oh, dude, you know what? I'm gonna have to hit him up. But that was a dope, dope thing that I haven't. That was a first for me to see within the hunting community for for guys to put something out like that. Um, dude, kudos to you because it was a dope soundtrack, man. And it yeah, was really yeah. Cool. I actually can't take credit for mixing that up and anything like that. That's all Chip. Um, Chip's a big time outdoor producer. Um, he's got several gold moose awards, which is kind of like winning a Grammy in the outdoor industry. Um, really good dude. He used to work for a show not far from where our studio is. And we just became really good friends, similar styles. And he's kind of been all over filming and all that. And he does that soundtrack to Turkey season every year. And he hit me up. He's like, Hey, can we, can we launch it on your platform? I'm like, well, yeah, of course. So we did that. I mean, we try to think outside the box, right? Because everybody tries to say framed into this weird uptight thing in the industry. Mm-hmm. And we've we've tilted a long ways in the last five years from when we started the podcast. Things have changed a ton, man. Like it's it really has changed a lot. People now are we were kind of the edgy dudes at first, the the dudes that were slugging bush light and saying F bombs and not really giving a shit what we say and kind mm-hmm. of a little shocking at first and People were like, oh, those guys are career ruiners. Going on that podcast will ruin your career. And it's just really? funny, you know, the change with people who said that are, it, it's just, it's funny seeing the whole, the pendulum swing where now it's like, now everybody's doing this, hey, drink a beer and kick back. And there's just a change in it. You know, it, the uptight newscaster style platform doesn't work anymore. I hear you. It's more about just being real about it. Yeah, really being real too, and what I mean by that, there's hunting shows forever. They're not like we're just being real, but it's like, well, you're you're pretty cookie cutter. <laughs> so like, <laughs> if you're that, if that's you being real, man, it would suck to share hunting camp with you. But, no, I hear that. Well, just for the record, I still haven't found bush light in the bodega in my neighborhood. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> just drink PBR, man. It's close. <laughs> it's All right, probably not so- close. So last question for this, uh, for this tonight. Um, so me being new to this, um, well, just a year in, um, and 
you know what? I don't get out uh, as much as I'd like, but um, I am getting out there. So for new hunters, um, even for seasoned hunters, what's one thing if if you had to if you had to tell somebody uh, getting into bow hunting, what's one thing they should really know about bow hunting or just hunting in general? What piece of advice could you impart on them? I love that question, man. Um, I would say, and I've said this before on a podcast, and that this isn't this isn't necessarily hunting direct advice like do this to kill a whitetail. I would say take your time learning. You're not going to learn every. You'll never learn everything. You never will. Like you're you will mess up year eighteen in like you did sometimes year one in. You will never know anything. You'll never feel like you got it together. But let yourself learn in time. You know, you're going to hit a year, probably in the next five years of your hunting, that you're going to be like, I got this figured out. And you're going to get a little bit of cockiness to you, but it'll get knocked off really fast. As fast as you get it, it'll be gone. And then you'll be have your tail tucked for years, and you won't have any success. And then you'll loop back into it. So I always say climb the ladder. Let yourself learn. Let yourself fail. Don't be scared to fail. Don't be afraid to try new things. And just just know that you're not going to know it all in five years. I see so many people, especially with social media, start hunting. And then next thing they know, they're on podcasts giving tips on how to kill a deer in a bedding area. It's like, yo, dude, you don't know. And you say you do, but you're just regurgitating stuff that you heard you know, the DeQuisto say, Mark Jury say, you know what I mean? So it's learn it for yourself. A lot of those experiences I could tell you over and over, like, hey, I had a buck do this and this, which will help you, but you'll never truly learn it until you've been through it and have that experience kick you right in the face. So I, I just see it too too often in the social media days of hunting, and you see guys that get ahead of themselves, want that glory picture for social media end up doing stupid poaching breaking the law doing things the unethical way just mm. do it the right way man you'll be, you'll be so thankful at the end just put, do it by the book do it legally be good about it think about the bigger picture have respect for wildlife have respect for hunting have respect for the animal more than anything else and you'll come out on top and i think you'll look back and feel really good about yourself if you did it just the pure clean honest way damn you just dropping bars on me brother thank you for that man thank you all right with that ladies and gents i want to thank kurt really appreciate it brother really appreciate everything thank you all right brother stay blessed all right i really enjoyed that um you know gotta give a huge uh shout out a big thank you to kurt geyer for joining me for this episode of the podcast um you know as usual i learned a lot um i hope you guys did too um if you did please don't hesitate hook a brother up with a you know a five-star rating um you know share this podcast with your friends family however you want um you know what i'm saying but just share it all right y'all have a blessed one